This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to Rob Ryan Red. A Wrexham FC podcast by Nathan Salt and Rich Faye, bringing you all the latest views, news and interviews from around the race course. Now, if you're new around here, make sure to subscribe. But enough of that. Let's get on with the show. Croissant, thank you for joining us for the 100th time on Rob Ryan Red, the Wrexham podcast brought to you in association with Red Tent People Development. When the historians of a future day sit down to discuss the greatest century of all time, a great debate will ensue. Will it be the industrial revolution of the 18th century or the technological advances of the 20th? We offer you our own answer, dear listeners. The Wrexham Podcast Revolution of Rob Ryan Red, episodes 1 to 100. We've made it to the century and we're still not out, so grab your champagne, await your birthday card from the monarch and enjoy a bumper podcast of all the usual stuff. On today's landmark episode, we'll be taking a look back at victory over Solihull, looking ahead to the huge FA Cup tie away at Coventry, and we'll bring you all the latest transfer news as well. We'll all... Also be joined by a few special guests along the way, and there is a chance for one of you, yes you, to win a £100 Amazon voucher thanks to our generous sponsors, Red 10 People Development. So, that's enough from me. Naif, how are you doing, mate? I'm great. Delighted to be at episode 100. My fire alarm is fixed. Thank you for all who messaged me about that. Uh, no beeping in this episode. Rich, we made it to... 100 episodes and we had a load of things in mind uh and you know what in the end we've just gone for what's got us here a hundred we've done this a hundred times which is mad what about what what about your favorite moments have you, have you got a favorite moment a low moment highlights and lowlights i think we've got to give crump at the cat his, his shout out for that guest appearance i think we've also got to give you huge kudos for jocelyn Miebe in cameroon how you got that, that was interviews. that was wild that was i was in uh, the back bedroom of my friend tiffany's house weirdly and she was like let's spend let's you know let's spend some time haven't seen you in a while and i was like i've got to go and interview uh, a cameroonian over whatsapp audio call 
she didn't ask any further questions she just left me to it and and to this day has never asked me what the hell i was doing on the phone to a cameroonian goalkeeper um that was good fun that was that was wild that was early on as well and you think our very first guest rich was adrian chislevich as well march 2021 this began 100 episodes later Seventeen and a half thousand Twitter followers. We've got a few thousand on Instagram as well. We've had millions and millions of engagements on on socials and our tweets and stuff. It has just been a real roller coaster of a journey, and we're only just getting started. Very we much. We went like viral the on TikTok. Club. We went viral on TikTok as well this week. Did you see that? We found a, we found a little Easter egg. Someone sent us the they call it an Easter egg, don't they? A kind of hidden. Um, Secret in a video Hidden game. Secret, yeah, secret in a, vi- in a video game. And in FIFA 23, um, when Wrexham come up against Liverpool, if you're on a, a, one of the new consoles, you will get a special message from um, Ryan and Rob, which I'm actually going gonna, gonna to slot into the recording, so I'll play that now. Well, it is a huge day for Wrexham as they take on the might of Liverpool here. And I believe we have a message from the owners, Ryan and Rob. Well, this is a special game. This is a big club versus a very small club. Giant club. Massive. Versus just a minuscule, improvisational version of a football club. Of course, we're talking about Liverpool. Tiny, tiny club, Liverpool. Tiny club, tiny town. Tight-knit community over there at Liverpool. Really keeping this uh, community-owned club together. Very close to the massive Wrexham AFC. Thanks, Rob. Thanks, Ryan. So there you go, Rich. That was what sent us viral on TikTok. I don't know how... It ended up getting something like over 650,000 views, which was just bonkers, and my phone melted. So you're probably wiser than me for not having TikTok. But you know what? Um, all good fun. As Rich said, go on our Instagram. There's a lovely picture of some balloons that were sent to us by Red 10, um, the generous folks of Red 10 People Development. And, uh, yeah, I'm just... I'm beaming rich has been we get lots of messages we even got one actually this week uh celebrating 99 from one dear listener i'm going to find it and read it out now let's have a look where are you lurking mike freed he put gentlemen congrats on 99 podcast doing a great job even with a fire alarm going off in the background thank you mike um and then he's told us that he's been subscribing for the half season pass uh cheers to do a job well done in 2022, and I look forward to 2023, you and us both, Mike. So, yeah, Rich, maybe this is the year that we, we do finally get to toast toast the promotion, maybe. Fingers crossed. Maybe it's the year the club finally let a player come on the podcast as well. Who, who <laughs> let's, not get gre- let's not get greedy. Let's not get, I'll take the promotion. Stranger things have happened. But, uh, stranger things have happened. Speaking of the special occasion... A special occasion calls for a special giveaway. And we're delighted to be able to give one of you the £100 Amazon voucher that we teased at the start of the pod, thanks to Red 10 People Development. Uh, Red 10 and Wrexham-based band Hypnotic have helped compile a Spotify playlist of their essential Wrexham match day listens. You've got your usual stuff on there. You know, you've got the Declan Swans. You've got Hypnotic as well. You've got um, a bit of Nicki Minaj, actually, which is a good throwback to last season. If you know, you know. And to win this £100 voucher, all you have to do is take a look at the playlist, which is in the episode description this week, and let us know which of those songs is your favourite matchday anthem and why. All you have to do is email robryanred at gmail.com or use the contact button on robryanred.com and we'll choose one winner at random. There will also be another chance to enter on 
Twitter as well. We'll post the link to Hypnotic's new song, The Wrexham Way, which is in support of Nightingale House. Uh, all you have to do is retweet the tweet, listen to the song, and you could be in with a chance of winning £100 Amazon voucher as well. Naif, should we talk about football for a change? Wrexham against Solihull. Yeah. I watched it on the stream. You were there. What did you make of it? I, I made of it that I was cold, um, but I was with my cousin, uh, Andy, who, who does the Fearless Pod, and, and a load of others. It was just a great turnout, you know, really good turnout. I had a very enjoyable day, actually, going up. Um, and dare I say, I don't think I've ever seen us win at Solihull prior to, prior to Monday, but... And I, and I kind of got a bit of backlash for this from a, a Solihull fan who got very, very upset over, over it, really. But I thought we looked dominant and, and comfortable. And were it not for an error at the end that I, I don't necessarily want to um, go into too much, Mark, you know, Mark Howard will know that that was a mistake. He made a lot of big saves in, in the game before that moment. Um, I thought we were we were brilliant. And, and you saw in the reaction at the end with the players and the fans how significant they felt it was and how significant I think everyone felt it was to, to get six out of six against Solihull. I know you love the form table and some people were sending me the form table, but regardless, I, it, it's a really big six points for a place that we, for a team really, that we don't typically do that well against. So yeah, big, big, uh, big opportunity was there after Oldham took two points off Notts County and we took it, you know, we made it count as I tweeted. So absolutely delighted. Wrexham now second in the National League table, two points behind Notts County, but with a game in hand. Of course, we play Chesterfield a week on Tuesday coming up. So very busy bump of January ahead, which we will get into later in the pod. I echo those thoughts though, Nath. I thought particularly those three standout players for me on the day. They are Howard in goal. I know he makes the mistake, but I think he made some good saves, has a good presence throughout the, the contest personally. Tom O'Connor, Excellent. He has been a real revelation in recent weeks. That centre defensive midfield role keeps everything ticking over. Really neat and sensible in possession. A player that maybe doesn't get the accolades, doesn't always catch the eye, but he just keeps things simple. He's that outlet. He's the metronome. He he was brilliant. And Elliot Lee, who I thought was outstanding again. We raved about him last week and he made a, a huge difference again, just causing all sorts of problems. He was all over the place. And on a day where Mullen and Palmer were relatively quiet, I think Elliot Lee more than made up for, for that sort of blunt, bluntness in front of goal. And yeah, I think it does feel like we are living in a fever dream where Rex have done the double over Solihull. Because I think when we posted that tweet, I think about three, four weeks ago now, I think how many points would we get for our next five games? Well, two of the games actually got postponed and pushed back, but Solihull were the games I thought we were going to drop points in. I thought they're just always there or thereabouts, always causing us problems. We've been done a disservice that the, the table is so congested from about fifth down that Solihull are now 11th in the in the league. So it maybe doesn't look so impressive as, as a six-pointer, but my words, that is psychologically huge for me, Nathan fantastic that we've won away from home again I mean we keep on saying that it's it's been our, our downfall this season but still second in the away form table all campaign and, and top of the the home one as well 
I think we could come to the end of the season, whatever happens, up or or not up or whatever. And I think, that, you know, you could circle that Eastleigh away game as a real turning point, potentially those final few minutes at York where we conceded, because I think the players realised that they something had to change, you know, and that was when really Tom O'Connor gets that goal. We end up conceding, you know, there's real disappointment up at York. He, he then goes to... Eastley, O'Connor plays again and Young plays a bit further forward. That's what I was going to bring up, Rich, is that often for a lot of the season we saw a kind of pivot too, didn't we, in midfield and Elliot or Jordan in front. It, it wasn't that away at Solihull. It was Tom O'Connor in the middle with Young on to the right, a bit more advanced, which is what we saw at the Eastley away game as well and that worked and had great success. And you saw Elliot. So there was no real number 10. It was like a diamond without its point. You know, it was... Um, it was it was it was different, and I think for the midfield it worked well. I think for the strikers they were always, you know, going to do all they could to nullify the threat of Mullen. You know, he'd gone and got a hat trick on them. They were not going to let him beat them again. Um, Palmer, I think, you know, another away game where he has looked lethargic and out of it. Really, he put himself about a little bit, but again, I I think to come away with a a two one win. Which, you know what, I'm going to pat myself on the back here um, because I said that it would be... T- I'm not a betting man, I don't put on bets, but if you do, maybe you should listen to some of my, my predictions because I said 2-1 Wrexham, 1-0 Wrexham at half-time and I had Ben Tozer scoring the first goal. Now, it was Jordan Tonicliffe, so I'm thinking centre-back well, first we'll goal We'll allow scorer. that. Come on, that is that is pretty close. I mean, that's nigh on a perfect prediction. So, um, yeah, I was, I was quite proud of myself for that. Uh Tonicliffe as well, and I know um, one of our guests coming up will will get into into Tonicliffe. But yeah, again, really, really class apart, and, and it reminded me a bit of the Torquay game. Not not you know, I know we win six 0 in that in that game at the home game, Rich. But again, the the only real downside of the of the match was Mendy. Have we cursed Jacob Mendy? Are we to blame? for this because again you know with all jokes aside it was real shame to see Mendy go off I know he had a scan we're recording this on the Wednesday I know he had a scan on the Wednesday still need to see what the result comes out from that but didn't look good he he had his shirt over his face he walked off right in front of me and at least he did walk off but you know really disappointing again for him that he can't can't get that run of games together yeah it, it just looked like a real kick of the teeth again for him and he knew immediately his luck was just out really unfortunate off the ball one and they they're always maybe the worst because if there's an impact injury it's more understandable but when he's getting just a an unfortunate muscle um sort of problem like that you just you just wonder if there's anything underlying you wonder if it's just rotten luck and yeah who knows how long he's going to be out for fingers crossed it's not that bad and he's he is missed because i think even McFadden was was decent, I think, from the bench, but Mendy's so much more direct, and it's a real shame that he will probably most likely miss the the trip to Coventry this weekend, which we we will get into later in the pod. But yeah, it it wasn't Rich, quite perfect. To interject, I would say that he it felt like, and again, you were watching on the stream, so you know you you also saw it play out, but it really felt like in the stadium that when Mendy went off, that was when we started to lose a bit of a grip of the game. And that was where Solihull sort of began to improve and, and began to put more pressure on our goal. Um, and it, it did I feel like, as, you know, that's not necessarily all on McFadden. I just felt like 
No, they, like I was going to say, two different players. You know. Yeah, and like I was going to say, again, it comes down to the the fact that your your two wing backs operate as a partnership as well. So it's Ford and Mendy. They are on such the same wavelength and just know exactly what the other one wants to do. That I think when McFadden comes in, he just doesn't quite have that same attacking intent as as Mendy. So there's going to be that drop off, but. You know, if you're gonna have an injury and still win, then then what a fantastic result! And yeah, Tom O'Connor free kick specialist. I didn't see that coming. Tom I know he scored a couple, didn't he? There's the one against Blythe in the in the cup. There was was it Barnet as well? It was heavily deflected, but he's becoming a real real threat. And even from his corners, it's just so good that you've got that that consistent delivery. And I suppose, well, Nate, brilliant that we've now got some real depth in midfield and we'll get on to possible additions towards the end of the game but strikers any concern for you about Mullen and Palmer having an off day I mean we still won but maybe the strength and depth or, or their lack of was was telling again we I mean for me we won the game so I think you know you, you take it and you move on um I've been to quite a few away games obviously go to a lot of the away games they don't score that many between them away from home um, yeah, you know, the facts are they they score an absolute bagful at home. Um, you know, I think I think Mullin has he got three away from home this season, something like that. He's obviously got a hell of a lot more at home. So I don't know. It's 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 different teams play us differently away from home. Um, I'd rather just focus on the positives. Tom O'Connor's been a massive positive, and you know, towards the end of this podcast, when we get into transfer, you know, that's where I, I want to kind of expand then on. I think it's probably best then to expand then on why I don't think we need to sign another midfielder. But Tom O'Connor, brilliant. And it's interesting to see Luke Young kind of freed up a little bit more as well, you know, in terms of in in, in that um, role kind of offers a bit more down the right, gives them a little bit more to think about. And Elliot Lee, you know, should he have had a penalty? I've seen the replay. He, he looks to me like there's, n- there's no contact on the ball and he is clipped from behind. There for wasn't me, much a of a protest, though, for me. From no, the, there, wasn't. From Rexham, there wasn't. Which made me think it wasn't that bad when I watched it originally in real time I thought that's not a penalty um, and I thought just the reaction of the players that maybe it wasn't but it, like you said in the end it doesn't really matter and no if, no frankly, and I just there's just a good there's a good balance in there as well I think just think which makes it a real conundrum you know when Jordan comes back I'd say Jordan is more of an a 10 I'd say than anyone in the squad more of an orthodox 10 I think He's obviously very good on set pieces. Um, Jordan back on the grass. He's still got a long way to go. Let's not get too carried away with him returning to to the, to the grass, as, as Parky said. But he's ahead of schedule, which is really good news for us. And that will almost feel like a new signing when he comes back in. Same for Bryce. I know Bryce is back on the grass, and you know we're wishing both of them the best in the recovery. But you've got James Jones there. You've got Andy Cannon there. We'll get on to Andy Cannon as well later. But decisions for Parky. But right now you'd have to say Tom O'Connor is undroppable. At the base of that midfield, he, you know, has never been in better form since he's come to Wrexham, and, and long may it continue. Another person who was at Solihull this weekend or over the weekend was Andy Morell, former Wrexham manager and an all-round Wrexham legend. I caught up with him this week to get his reflections on Solihull, his thoughts on the season so far, and a little bit on the upcoming cup tie. What did you make of the, the win against Solihull on, on New Year's? Well, both games, I thought the, I thought Wrexham were good. We were really good, you know. I thought it was fairly even on Boxing Day for the first 40 minutes and then after the goal, I think 
especially in half as well. They went pressing them and, and got the ball back high up the pitch, and it really they just really took over the game. The sending off obviously doesn't help Solio, but uh, they really took the game to them and just didn't stop. And then yesterday I was doing the radio, so um, I thought that again I thought it was a fairly even game. I thought Howard made a couple of good saves um, at the start, but once. You know, after the first half, I thought they were really comfortable 1-0 up and then Nick the second great finish by O'Connor and I think he's getting better and better. And they just look really comfortable. They look so so strong and composed at the moment, I think, um, that they're, um, they're, they're looking really good. Really good. Uh, so you mentioned uh, Tunner Cliff as well. What have you made of him coming into the team? Because he a bit of a slow start there. He almost reminded me of Brisley last season to begin with, but Tunner Cliff looks, looks excellent. Yeah, yeah. I was... Um, I've been impressed with him since he's come in the team. He had to be patient and wait because because uh, Max was doing so well, and you couldn't really leave Max out of the team. And it's no detriment to Max at all, you know. But but Tony Cliff seems to have come in and and, and just taken it on a, another level as well, you know. Really composed, brave. He did a couple of blocks yesterday. He headed one middle of the goal just early in the second half, which was a great clearance. And you know, he just looks a little bit more more assured, I suppose. And I think it leaves them. Toza not as exposed as well, you know. He Toza did a brilliant job after Max, and he can go about his business as well. But I think he's added an extra dimension to Tony Cliff because he's he's just so 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 good, and you know, and uh, and it looks like you know you're not going to get five goals against <laughs> which we've had in the past. <laughs> I guess another question that no one seems to maybe know the answer to is our away form. It's been a, it's not been bad this season by any means, but we've always looked a bit weaker away from home, which is maybe natural because we're race course is a fortress at the moment. But since Tom O'Connor's come to the team, it looks like we've got that balance back again. Do you think he has been key to this uh, recent transformation away from home? Yeah, again, it's another little run of games in the in the team and it, you can see it with his confidence. He's just getting better and better. He's the Tom O'Connor that we all thought uh, we were bringing in, you know, um, sort of this time last year, and he, he's just a few injuries and stuff, but he really looks like he's got the, the bit between the seats playing in probably his favourite position, and it also releases Luke Young a little bit more to just go and do his thing, which is go about the pitch and get his energy and up and around, and um, and I, yeah, he looks really assured in there, doesn't he? Composed on the ball, you know, he takes it in circumstances, and and what a left foot he's got as well, he, you know, he moves the ball really well, and he's chipping in with a couple of goals as well. I guess that is the sign of a team who's got to be at the right end of the table, isn't it? It's the fact that against Solihull in the second game, Mullen and Palmer don't score. And neither of them had a particularly good day in front of goal. They didn't get maybe many chances anyway, but it's really healthy, isn't it, when there's still goals come from everywhere else on the pitch? Yeah, yeah. And I think it's I think back five, if you include the wing backs, I think there's 17 goals this year. Crazy. Back five. And it's, that's ridiculous. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That just doesn't happen. Yeah, but you've still got 30 from the front two, a plus 30 from the front two. So, you know, it's an incredible that the year that they've had was a brilliant year. You know, unfortunately, the important game in the playoffs was mm. didn't go Wrexham's way. But it's been so strong all year. The home form is brilliant. You know, we're sort of at our away form there. We still won six, I think it is, drew four and, you know, lost yeah. two. Yeah, we're getting maybe a bit, uh, so, uh, bit fussy, yeah, aren't they, we? They look, I, I think they look yeah, they, they look so strong uh, in all departments and they've got four or five players not even getting changed, getting on the bench at the moment. And that's the problem is keeping everybody happy, really, that when they do go in, they're going to have to be ready to go because this, the team just got brilliant momentum at the minute. Do you see similarities between this team and that 98-point team we had? I think th- 
this year they looked like they've got a little bit more about them than they did last year. I, th- mm. I think just a bit more know-how, a bit of experience from from being there and doing it last year and, and losing out. You know, it makes you even more determined. Um, but they've been able to strengthen, not lose players, which which is a really strong position to be in. But I do, I, you know, I felt that that 98 point season, we had people and men in positions where, you know, you just knew what they were going to deliver when they went out on the pitch. And I think this year you've got that as, you know, the players that have come in, they've got good experience, they're really good ages. A lot of them are between sort of 25 and 30 that have played a lot of games, so they know what it means and what it takes. And they've all played in front of good crowds as well, which we know Wrexham have in abundance. And so, you know, they can handle an occasion, if you like. And maybe that was just. Not lacking last year, but maybe that just the bar couple of in players coming in this year have really tipped that in their favour that they're really experienced and strong now. And you know, I, I can't see them not doing it, but that's touch wood. It's it's a big thing to say, but yeah. I just think they're so strong in all departments and got people um, people in positions that can come in and do equally, if not better. When, when given the opportunity. Yeah, like I said, the fact we've not had Mendy for a big chunk of it, Cannon's not been sort of eased into it properly yet. Davis has been sidelined with injury. Still got so many good players to come back. But this week, there's been a few strikers loosely linked with Wrexham. Do you think that we, we do need to buy another player in, in January? And Not that we've got the transfer window now, but like you said, how do you keep everyone happy anyway? If there was one thing that I think missing in of this Wrexham team is just proper electric pace. Mm. You know, somebody that just has... Just can just sprint and just make something out of nothing. And I know that lads are quick and the runs and movement and all that is is decent. But you know, I think maybe a striker with just blistering pace or a wide one that's got blistering pace, just to something a little bit different. Um, but also because Brexham is such a strong position, I would strengthen if I was a manager. I want another one, I think. But do you just go and spend money and go and get another striker in? Do you know what I mean? Go yeah. just so that you if anything at all happened to Mullin or Palmer, you've de- you've got guaranteed goals in your team, but to keep them happy because they, they potentially won't play. Do you know what I mean? And, yeah. and Dolby's come and found that really difficult, but he's still made 15, 20 appearances so far. Um, it's a difficult one, really. You know, would you go and buy Dallas off Solihull? You know, with somebody like that, really quick, he, I, I really like him as a striker. He's got goals in him. He's proved it at this level. Do you just go and offer ridiculous, just in case something happens to if Mullin touch one doesn't, you know, if yeah. anything happens to Mullin getting injured or whatever, then you're putting Dolby in who's who's played but he's not tried and tested at this level for, for years and you know it would be interesting to see how, how they go. So to have one in the, on the bench maybe would you know, at Dallas for example, or it doesn't have to be him, it could be anybody. But with a bit of pace, yeah. you know, you are definitely covering all bases, if you like. Yeah, I guess Wrexham fans are pessimistic, aren't we? We want every eventuality to be covered just in case. But quickly, before we sort of move on, what have you made of Dolby and, and Bickerstaff as well? We saw him score against Scunthorpe. Maybe there's an argument. We do have enough. They've just not had the same opportunity. But but what have you made of Dolby and, and Bickerstaff to a lesser extent this season? Yeah, you just haven't got time to find out at yeah. the moment because it's blow for blow with, with Notts County, you know. Um, if you're mid-table and you're running the season down, you know, or, or whatever, you can have a chance to put these lads in and see what they can do for a three or four games. But Wrexham aren't in that position at the moment. You know, I, I've liked what I've seen. Dolby, you know, I think he's probably in a similar boat to O'Connor where he's just not had a run of games yet and he really needs that to, to embed himself in the team when he played 
in the FA Cup. I thought he did well and he got nicked his goal and stuff. And just, yeah, when you move, you want to hit the ground running straight away and, and, and play and get goals and really push on. And he's just not had that yet. He probably knew the situation. He was young. Uh, he's young when he came in and he still is. So um, he'll be an interesting one to keep an eye on. And, and like you say, big stuff as well. I think he's he's really good he did well on his low move and he's got a bit about him it's just we have not got the time to find out yeah. and throw him in but who knows who knows anything happens and he might just get chucked in at the deep end so he's got a swissing yeah I, swim, I, I guess as well anything can happen brings us nicely onto the cup this weekend and a tie close to your heart two former clubs <laughs> what what does it mean to you is that a tie are you really looking forward to it I, I presume oh yeah um, I was coaching when the draw was, was made and my phone was going mad in my pocket. Right? And I was like, well, either something's happened or somebody's got a draw draw. Or, or, do you know what I mean? I really didn't know. So when I missed messages from everybody, like, you know, it's, well, it's the Morel Derby and all that. <laughs> it was just meant. <laughs> but uh, no, it, I, what, it's a great time for me. You know, I've, I've got fond memories of both clubs and uh, I, I really got the fans took to me on both teams and I'm really looking forward to it. You know, I'm grateful that I'm doing the radio for the uh, I'll, I'll be there and looking forward to it and I think so should all the Wrexham fans and, and, and the players especially because what an opportunity to go and, and play a decent a decent championship team and show us show what we're all about in terms of that as a, as a draw then I mean I'm trying to think of similar ones we've had in the past mid-table championship team's very tricky as an opposition because you know they they are just a team who, who grind up wins and maybe have higher standards than us but do you give us any chance as a Wrexham supporters of, of getting a result this weekend or do you think it is a type of tie where that Coventry's class even with making wholesale changes might just might just shine through yeah um, it's an interesting one because I think I've got the same feeling of the tie as I did when Bright we pulled out um, mm. it was like oh it's not it's not a Premier League team well we've not got a big tie and then the more you think about it well they're actually 20,000 people could be there yeah. it's a championship team we're going to take a massive following We've actually got a chance of winning. You know, if you get one of the big boys, there's a very, very minimal chance, but there is a chance that we could go there and get something or even win the game. And so the more you, you think about it, it's actually a, a, a great tie for us. You know, go and pick your wits. If you don't win, you're not expected to. Wrexham are going to be the underdogs for the first time this season, I think. Yeah. The team that, that they've got, who they're going up against. And um, I, I'm, I'm, I think that they, they've got a chance. I think Coventry are really good. I've seen them a couple of times this year and they play. They've got some brilliant players. Bjorkis up front is, is a class act and he'll be in the Premier League soon, I'm sure. And, and unfortunately, O'Hare's not going to be playing because he's done his ACL. So, But Hamer is a very good player. They've got a, a really good squad there and Robbins has done brilliantly for the past few years with, with all the resources and the upheaval that Coventry have had. But uh, yeah, I think it'll be a really good game. Is I mean, who do you want to win? I suppose is the question. You're allowed to answer that? Well, it depends. If I'm on a Wrexham podcast, I'll say Wrexham. And, and if I'm doing a cop one, I'll, do, I'll go the other way. Red or blue, yeah. Um, Football's really the winner for you, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, everyone's a win. Yeah, too right. Um, I, I don't know. I think uh, I think it's one of them. I, I'm just looking forward to Wrexham going and having a, yeah. a bit of a go. You know, everybody says that the players that we've brought in are, um, are League One, League Two type players. And so I'm sure they'll be itching to get out and just release from the league, really, and the pressures of that slug battle at the top of the, the National League. It'll be just go and play and show how good a team we actually are. And then 
Yeah, it'd be very interesting, I'm sure. Yeah, final question. I mean, you said they're underdogs. Even if you think last season, we weren't really underdogs for any game. We lost to Harrogate, didn't we, in the FA Cup? Who that wasn't? We weren't underdogs that tie. Is the FA Cup a help or a hindrance when you're going for the league title? Is it a distraction? And do you think that there's a positive even if we do get knocked out, or do you think it is winning breeds success and we should try give it a, give it a go? Yeah, well, I think the squad the Wrexham have had, I think momentum and winning games is is everything and it doesn't really matter who you get put in front of you you just got to go, go and win the games that are ahead of you and whether that's Saturday Tuesday or whether that's Saturday Saturday I don't think Rex will just will just keep the, the, the ball rolling and keep the momentum going and they won't care I don't think and even if they're in the trophy as well I'd just I'd keep going for that because you could play the 11 that didn't start on Saturday and still have a mid-table National League team on your hands if yeah. not higher you know what I mean? So I think just play, play, play. And if you can go further in the FA Cup financially, it's brilliant for this for the team. Even though I wouldn't say Wrexham don't need it, but <laughs> that anything helps, doesn't it? Because that could just pay for a striker or pay for that yeah. extra little bit. And, um, but I think Coventry will be thinking the same. You know, they're mid-table in the Championship, maybe not quite up where they wanted to be, but they'll be looking for a good run in that and some money into the club as well. So a uh, really difficult one to, to call it, but. Um, yeah, certainly good. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing 4,500 Wrexham fans singing and dancing in their stands. <laughs> well, Nath, a decade after that famous Brighton away day that Morel took us to, he, he's likened the game against commentary this weekend as a similar test really it is going to be a tough one I suppose we'll maybe look ahead to to that now I can't wait for it but I do feel that it could just be a bit of a non-event that's the pessimist in me if you've been listening to this podcast for the majority of the 100 so far you'll know that my expectation and thresholds is quite low but there's going to be changes commentary is certainly going to make make wholesale changes this weekend that gives the opportunity but do you think that there could be the golfing class and a bit of a reality check? I mean, we've been in such good form that you would back us against anyone, but like you said, away from Come home. Come on, Rich. We are, we're Rich, a different side. Come on. It's 100 episodes. We've got to be positive. I don't know how I've become this kind of like cheerleader. Have I become a happy clapper recording these podcasts? I don't know what's happened to me. I was so pessimistic at times. I think season. I'm just a misery, to be honest. <laughs> now I'm trying to bring a bit of positivity, a bit of injection. I can't even speak. I'm trying to be positive. You know what? They're going to make changes. I would say if they went full strength, then, yeah, we probably would get a reality check. Um, but, you know, I'm I'm going as a you. We have to go there believing that we can have a good day. And, and, and Rich, honestly, if... I've heard so much about this is a League One squad, these are League One players. If they're League One players, they shouldn't get turned over by a team halfway up the championship or wherever they are. That's just my honest exactly. opinion. Exactly. I, I again, don't believe they should. And as we've said, you know, this is a free hit. We are underdogs for the first time in two years. I've probably said that so many times in these interviews I recorded beforehand because I can't remember. They were done a day before, so I don't, I'm sorry if I'm going over what I've literally just said <laughs> as this, as it comes to you, but it is a free hit and, you know, who cares at the end of the day? I, like you said, I don't think we'll get trounced. I think we've got enough 
quality to to put up a really good fight and hopefully make a make a proper game of it. And but as well, I think our secret on. weapon is is the set pieces again because well, it doesn't matter what yeah. what level you play at, you are not going to want to have to defend a long toes a, a, a bent toes a long throw. Well, Rich, what I was going to say, what was on my mind when we were in the pub after Solihull, and this was kind of the point that I've sort of settled on for Coventry is that for me they aren't going to kind of rough houses like a National League team. I, I honestly believe we'll get more time on the ball. They'll be quite content to kind of pick us off and, and, and let us have the ball. In my opinion, that will suit players like Tom O'Connor, who's dropped down from a higher level to play for us. It'll suit Elliot Lee, who's dropped down from you know a higher level to play for us. It will suit Andy Cannon, who's dropped down from a higher level, James Jones... Um, you know, the, the, these kind of players, Mullin, they're just going to get, in my opinion, they're going to get more time on the ball. And really, if Coventry are making changes to keep their players fresh, like we're expecting to do in the trophy, you know, will that will that will that chemistry be there that's that's serving them quite well in there? I know Parkey and Steve Parkin went to the Bristol City game to watch Coventry to kind of scout them out. I'd just be really interested because for them, they could do with the plum tide to get the finances. For us. It would be great, wouldn't it, if if we if we turn them over and and kind of avenge for that Brighton double header where really over the two legs we should have done it and in the end it was you know poor Dean Keats missing a penalty in the shootout and uh, you know it it wasn't meant to be and I know in in the interview after Ashley Barnes and Craig McHale Smith who were both at Brighton at the time they said you know that they massively got away with one against Wrexham and Wrexham were a lot better than they thought and really at Stoke we went one 0 up at Stoke and. You know they needed to bring on was it Peter Crouch and and Stephen Ireland that they need, they needed to bring on late on just to turn us over and they were first team regulars for for them at the time so let's see Rich I I think if this is a League One squad and you know we've seen that Mullins top quality Aaron Hayden's top quality you mentioned set pieces it's not a for me it's not a foregone conclusion you know we could go there could get absolutely hammered but do I see it I I don't honestly I really don't. You've got me excited for it now. Um, yes, so there you go. Go on. Let's get let's get the view from the opposition dugout then. I caught up with a Coventry journalist. He's been following them for a hell of a long time, uh, Andy Turner. He is the Coventry Telegraph sports reporter cover, uh, covering Coventry City. And this is what he had to say ahead of the clash this weekend. I guess the sort of first question I want to ask, what is the mood like at, at Coventry at the moment? It's fairly buoyant, I suppose, given all the adversity um, that you know the, the club and the fans have had to um, endure this season. And there's never a dull moment at Coventry City, but um, you know um, they're on the on the cusp of a, a takeover, which um, Mark Robbins is desperately hoping, and uh, as are the fans, is going to go ahead this week. And once that so gets approval from the EFL, then Mark Robbins is going to have. Um, uh, be able to put his business plan in place and uh, and, and start um, bringing new players in in the uh, January window. Obviously, that's not going to happen um, ahead of Saturday. I wouldn't have thought. Um, um, but you know, they've got key injuries to um, to players such as Callum O'Hare, the, the latest one, massive one, really. Um, he's a, a key sort of cog in the attacking wheel, really. Uh, for the Sky Blues, and he's out now with uh, an ACL, which he did on Boxing Day, um, which is a real blow. Um, so, um, so yeah, so, so it's a, a mixture, really. I mean, you know, they've had a, you know, a lot of adversity early on in the season when 
uh, they had to sort of start the season uh, largely away from home because of the state of the pitch at the uh, CBS Arena. Um, and so they were sort of bottom of the league and um, they sort of had to sort of crawl their way back up. But they're, they're back in a more um, um, respectable position now, in a more realistic position. Um, and, you know, they're, they're, they're looking good, but they are thin. Uh, in terms of their sort of strength and depth in their squad. Um, but, you know, it's, it's been an exciting um, few seasons back in the Championship um, for the Sky Boots. And, and I think, by and large, the fans are fairly buoyant. And it's, um, you know, it's just a, a bit of um, um, uncertainty, you know, until this takeover gets uh, over the line. But, uh, but other than that, it's, you know, it's pretty good. In terms of the actual FA Cup for them, I'm sh- how is it approached by country fans? Because I'm sure there's a, a, a large chunk of them who remember you winning the, the trophy. Is it a competition you do want to go far in the season or is it still the main goal of being stable in championship and then getting promoted eventually? I think the latter. I mean, I think, you know, um, I mean... the, the... 1987 is a long time ago now, so there's a lot of young fans, you know, that sort of don't really, uh, you know, obviously weren't around when that was happening. So uh, that's sort of, um, it's, you know, it's a major part of the club's history. But I think these days, um, the more pressing um, um, uh, ambition is to get to the Premier League, get back to the Premier League. And, um, you know, the club, um, the manager and the fans are all hopeful that they can push this season. You know, it, it can be a long process to get back up there. Um, but, you know, they, they flirted with the playoffs um, last season. And um, with a few sort of um, quality additions, there's no reason why they can't um, go one further and one better this season and get to, um, to the playoffs. The, the league is very much the, the priority. And yes, you know, look, no disrespect to Wrexham, they are playing a non-league side. There's 61 places between the two clubs um, in the in the football league pyramid um, and they will be expected to win and they want to avoid a cup upset you know I mean they're on the uh, receiving end of one of the biggest uh, upsets in, in the competition's history two years after they won the FA Cup when they went out to non-league Southern United um, and you know that's highly embarrassing and um, uh, not so long ago, um, it was only uh, a few years back when they went out to Worcester City, also um, uh, at their home ground. So, um, you know, they'll, they'll be desperate to avoid any embarrassment, um, but um, needs must. And Mark Robbins will be making a number of changes. Um, he's already said that. Um, he's gone public and said that. Um, how many he makes, um, we... we wait to see really but um, you know, he will be taking it seriously and the fans will be taking it seriously but um, they'll expect to um, progress to the next round but um, because you know there's a bit of money spinner as well um, but the league is very much the priority I would have said It is interesting from a Wrexham point of view because for the first time in about two years we go into a match as rank outsiders we've not really been in this underdog position since since the takeover certainly in terms of the squad then you've you mentioned there'll probably be changes this weekend are there any players on the periphery that you expect to see that we should watch out for any notable players that that Wrexham fans should keep an eye on well there's a young lad called Fabio Tavares um, he's a Portuguese um, striker and um, he's very very quick he scored 17 goals for the uh, development squad last season and um, he sort of pushed his way into the first team squad he's been used very sparingly by Mark Robbins sort of just off the bench really 
um, this season. And sometimes it's only like, you know, 89th minutes or something like that, or 80, 85 minutes. Um, but on Saturday, uh, sorry, Sunday, on New Year's Day, um, he, he got 25 minutes under his belt and he looks lively. I mean, he's, he's so quick. Um, he's, he's a little bit um, lightweight, so, you know, he, up against a big bruise in the centre-half or whatever, um, you know, he can get knocked off the ball quite easily, but he's so quick that um, his pace sort of makes up for any sort of deficiencies um, with his stature. Um, so I, I imagine he's um, almost certainly he will uh, will get a run out, um, because we're expecting Victor Jokeres, their leading scorer with them, um, 12 goals and, um, you know, their, their star player, really. Um, we're, we're expecting him to be rested because he hasn't had a rest, um, uh, certainly um, over the festive period since um, uh, we, we came back to the World Cup from the World Cup break. Um, so I, I, I'd be very surprised if Jokero starts. Um, and then uh, who else would come in? Um, a young lad called Jack Burrows um, is a, a wing-back, uh, again, you know, a development squad player who's um, broken into the first team, you know, gets up very quick. So Coventry can attack and, um, and counter-attack with a lot of pace uh, in, in their team. Um, I guess the... Um, Providing a bit of stability in the middle of the park will be the, the captain, Liam Kelly, who's um, missed most of the season with uh, injury, but has been fit for the last month or and a half or so. Um, 31-year-old holding midfielder, you know, and um, uh, been part of the, the journey from League Two back up to the Championship. Um, um, and a stalwart uh, sort of campaigner for the Sky Blues. Um, I imagine he'll be starting um, because he needs match minutes, game time. Um, so it's one of those really. It's, it's, a, it's a game where peripheral players, that, you know, that are coming back from injury or, or, or not played as much as they'd like, will probably be given um, a run out. And, and you know, don't get me wrong, this will be a, a pretty strong team, but it just won't be the starting eleven that we'd expect to see against the Championship opposition. That's that's definitely understandable. So in terms of what we can expect on the day, then Wrexham will bring a, a sellout away crowd. The home attendance is it one where lots of fans might might give it a miss, or if the takeover gets approved, do you think they'll be back? You know, to to support them in their numbers. It's difficult to say, really. I think the prices have been quite good, hasn't it? So um, that might uh, certainly help. But um, I mean, the, the gates. Have been very good, you know. I mean, you know, they've been averaging nineteen, twenty thousand, um, which is uh, which is excellent, and there has been a really good atmosphere. But um, I mean, so the history tells us really that you know the, the third round, particularly if it's not, and again, no disrespect, <laughs> but it's not a, a particularly glamorous um, tie. Then um, you know, numbers can be down, um, but. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been on by and large, it's been a really lively atmosphere. And the one thing about Coventry fans is that since they, they came back to the CBS Arena um, at the start of last season, um, having been at Birmingham City, as I'm sure you're probably aware, yeah. um, for a couple of seasons, um, the sort of mood and the atmosphere has completely changed. Because whereas before at home games um, and historically. Um, you know what football fans are like. If things aren't going well by half time, they might boo the team off or they might get restless and all this sort of stuff. Well, that doesn't really happen at Coventry these days. It's, you know, the fans uh, are behind them from minute one and, um, and that sort of builds, generally builds from half time as well throughout the second half. And, you know, there's a fantastic bond um, and rapport between the fans and the players and the manager, Mark Robbins. Um, 
and they really do get behind them, um, you know, even if they're trailing. And, and the, the way uh, sports is incredible as well. I mean, that, that's just, um, um, you know, bonkers really at times, you know, because they go to away grounds mm. and, um, and they're like the home, home crowd, really. It's that, that noisy. Um, but, yeah, so it should be a good atmosphere. But, again, you know, obviously it depends on how many... Uh, uh, yeah, it can be bothered to for, <laughs> for a low key, a relatively low key um, uh, FA Cup third round game, I suppose. Final question I was going to ask you then was, I mean, what was your reaction to drawing Wrexham? Do you have any memories of, of Wrexham as a club yourself? There haven't been too many sort of historic sort of clashes between the two clubs. No, not really. No, um, I remember going there and remember and, and thinking, crikey, what a big, um, what a huge ground it is, you know. Um, I was completely surprised because you know you sort of got this sort of um, perception that it's um, you know, a, a relatively small club, but you know because it's got a fantastic history, isn't it? I and mean, it's um, one of the oldest clubs in the in the world, I think, isn't it? Um, and of course, it's exciting times now. I mean, they're having a fantastic season again um, off the back of uh, the, the, so the takeover, which you know obviously got everybody talking about. So, you know, it's um, you know it, it's, it's a fantastic uh, club, and you know, fantastic things seem to be happening there. And um, I think my other memories of that are, um, was Andy Morrell was manager there. Wasn't he? What were your memories of Mozza? Well, uh, well, yeah. I mean, um, I mean, Andy was. Um, uh, he was brilliant when he was at Coventry, and it was a, a fantastic story because you know he, he sort of came from um, uh, from uh, Newcastle uh, non-league um, side, and, um, and 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 really sort of late in his career had this sort of success, and he just you know one of those lads, just such a nice bloke, um, and just gave his all for the show. He'd run all day long, you know, he was a fit lad and stuff like that, and I think he, he sort of took that sort of. And just give everything attitude into management, and um, you know, I just think he's just a, one of life's nice guys, and um, you know, he had a bit of success with Wrexham, I think, didn't he? And uh, um, and I'm sure he really enjoyed his time there. And let's hope he enjoys his return to commentary this weekend, Andy. Thank you very much. Well, as well as Andy Morell and a Coventry reporter, as I was going through this, as I was editing it, piecing it together for you all, I got a call uh, from a certain Mr. Lee Fowler, who both sets of fans will know. So if you're a Coventry fan listening, you'll know that Lee Fowler scored his first senior goal for Coventry in the FA Cup against another Welsh team, not Wrexham, Cardiff City. Um, and Wrexham fans obviously know Lee Fowler well, key part. Uh, of our sides uh, over a decade ago now so here is what he had to tell me as he was driving home from training now as a manager don't envy that lifestyle um he was, as he was driving home from training here's what he had to tell me heading into this weekend's game lee then thanks for chatting uh busy busy now you nowadays as a manager coming back from training no doubt um wrexham coventry that's where you started your career coventry what, what are your kind of memories of that for any of the coventry fans i'm sure they remember gordon strachan was in charge at the time in in the top flight what were your kind of memories coming through there as a young player yeah so obviously um i, I was going around a lot of clubs in, in england in the premier league and um they were the ones who were sort of was closer to home to me to cardiff um Gordon Strachan said I'd get my chance very early on if I continued to work hard. And then, obviously, I left school at 14, I joined there at 15, I was on the bench at 16. So it worked out well for me in terms of what he said was true. 
Um, I got injured quite a lot, to be honest with you, in the first part of it. Um, the first season of training with men as a young kid was too much for me. Mm. Um, I was on the bench a few times in the Premier League and in the squads, but uh, just physically I wasn't ready quite to get there, but technically I was. And then um, the following season then is obviously when uh, I made my deb- well, debut was against Burnley in the November, and then we played, obviously, the season after was the FA Cup against Cardiff, I think. Yeah, I mean, what what your kind of memories? I was going to come on to that card again. What your kind of memories of that, the FA Cup? Because you know, for Wrexham fans this weekend, it's a massive opportunity, I guess. You know, in the FA Cup third round, you never sort of know. This is a squad supposedly full of League One players, and uh, you know, the FA Cup always always special memories for players. Yeah, I think I think in terms of I, I don't know an interview the other day with Richard, the leader, mm. and I just said, you know, when. When we was playing uh, Coventry against Cardiff City, they were obviously a Division Three team, and we were a team that's just been relegated from the Premier League. Mm. So uh, they actually drew down at their place, which is Ninian Park, is quite a really um, intimidating. I think it was a shock, really, for some of the players how much how intimidating the actual ground was. Um, obviously, once we got back to Highfield Road, um, I, I was out. I was banned for four months. I wasn't allowed to play, and that was my first game back. Sure. Um, yeah. So obviously, the score, of the goal was. Was massive. Um, obviously, I didn't kick a ball for. Tra- I didn't even wasn't allowed to train for four months. But in terms of the Wrexham, um, my time at Wrexham when we played Brentford, mm. we generally believed we could beat them, um, which is bonkers, really, when you think about it. Compared to the the team that's there now and the team we had, although we were a very good team, we had a very good team spirit. Um, we had very good good characters, good big characters who, you know, myself, Jay, Tolly, Kreitz. And we, I think we just we bullied them in the in the tunnel. Um, whereas this Wrexham team against Coventry, although Mark Robbins is a fantastic manager, and what he's done with Coventry, with all the upheaval they've had off behind the scenes, is nothing short of a miracle. It wouldn't surprise me if a, if he did get a top job in the championship mm. um, from what he's done at Coventry. But you look at the Wrexham team, as you've just said, there, it's not a conference team. Um, you've got players there like Mullin, Palmer. Lee, and obviously you got your back lads at the back in Aiden, um, Toza, obviously the Tunnicliffe, the mm. lads who have been used to big occasions. So I don't think the golf would be that big. Um, Coventry are quite a young team anyway as well. Um, and I think it's not as big of a gap as what it was between Wrexham and Brentford, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say, as, as a result of that, you, you know, you're a manager now. You're used to giving team talks to players. How, if you were managing Wrexham going to Coventry, would you, would you say to try and impose the physicality, or would you look at these players and say you lot are not that far away from these? You maybe don't need to play it up as big as David and Goliath as maybe we had to in the past when there was that bigger gap. I think that's what the lads would say. I think I think Phil's got a group of players there now who will go into that game. You look at you look at Mullen. He possibly if the rumours are true, would have been in the Championship anyway mm. um, the season after they had League One. Now, Palmer, he, he could play in any league. All you have to do is look at um, the lad from, from Wales, um, the big lad up front for Wales, Keith how much Moore, cause yeah. he... Kiefer Moore, you look like... you. Do you think he could have done it in a World Cup? Well, he did when he came on against the USA. Um, I just think that... Yeah, I think the players will believe in it anyway. I think Elliot Lee is a special player who could comfortably go and play sounds daft the higher you play the actually easier it is mm. um, now when I say this to people who haven't played football they say well how, how come that's the case well when I play when I was in the championship or league one I had more time on the ball I did in the conference 
But what they do is they set you in traps. They'll they'll let you have the ball, and all of a sudden you'll be in a trap. Right. Um, but if I was Wrexham, I just continue to do what they've been doing in the home the home form or the league form this season. Well, I was going to um, I was going to say I was going to say to you as a midfielder, you know, one thing that people will say Lee Fowler, great technique, you know, technically way better than the level that you know when we when we had you in kind of the conference, you know, way below that. Um, you yeah. you know you're way above that. When you look at the players we've got now, Tom O'Connor dropped down two divisions to, to play and, you know, stood out when we played Solly Hall. I was there the other day. Elliot Lee, you've already mentioned. Andy Cannon, who we haven't seen much of yet, dropped down from Championship. These are the kind of players that when we go to Coventry, they will, you know, their quality could potentially be the difference for us in terms of they're going to get more time on the ball and they'll be a bit more savvy to these traps that maybe a non-league midfielder might, might slip into. Yeah, they will. On the flip side of that, you've got like young. I remember when we were at Kidderminster, and we got to the, I think it was the fourth round of the FA Cup. Mm. Um, again, we had someone like Kyle Thor, who was quite similar to Youngie in terms of aggressive. You know, they're not going to be fearful. We went into the game as if we're going to win it. Um, yeah, they will. You know, if you do give these players time on the ball, they will hurt you, and especially when you've got Mullin up front as well. His movement is, as I said, is, is finish. If you can finish, if you're a finisher, you're a finisher. I don't think I don't care what league you're in. If you're guaranteed thirty goals a season, it, you know he's done it at Cambridge, he's done it at Aki, he's done it at um, he's done it now at Wrexham. I think if you put Mullin in any team, I think he'll end up scoring goals because he's got the right knack and he can finish with both feet. He's got good movement. Um, you're solid at the back with a, you show you've got the physicality of set pieces. You've got toes as long throw. There's a lot of stuff in there which Coventry will look at you, and there's no way they'll be thinking this is an easy game because. The different aspects of Wrexham's game this year, I think more than most, is that I think they've now, Phil has took him two years mm. to actually get exactly what he wants. Um, you know, the wing-backs are bombing on now. The, the wing-backs are better than they were previously. I think Mendes, Mendy just had an injury again. Yeah, he's, he's just had the setback at, at Solihull. But, you know, the, the depth there, uh, Anthony Ford, uh, you know, Callum McFanty in a play, a lot of options there. Yeah, there's options there. I don't think when he first came in... No. I, I think he's come in, sort of seen it, then he's improved. And then I think Robin Ryan's actually seen the difference as well because then he's gone, right, we need better than these areas because we're, we're good here. Obviously, Rob's coming back from injury now as well, uh, but the keeper's come up for a bit of stick. But then he's starting to come into good form as well, the lad from uh, mm. Carlisle. Midfield picks itself, really, you know, even if one drops out. You've got Jordan to come in, you've got Connor, you've got Lee. Um, and as I said, mate, it, the only thing I'd say is missing at the minute for Wrexham is possibly another Mullin or another Palmer. Yeah, spot um, on. And yeah. That's, that's no disrespect to the lad who keeps coming on from Carlisle, but I, if I was if I was to say there's one area where Wrexham are weak in the minute, it would be that third and fourth striker area. Uh, and, um, and lastly, then I guess for, for the Coventry fans who are, who are listening and, and tuning in, you know that that like you've already mentioned that was your first senior goal that that one at the FA Cup in the FA Cup at Cardiff. Always going to be part of your story. For for Coventry, how how dangerous a tie is this? Because for them, they, they, you know they didn't get the, the maybe Premier League tie they were after, and Wrexham isn't in any way a gimme. No, I think yes, everybody's searching for that elusive Premier League ties. It's, it's one of two things, isn't it, as, as a football club. You either want a lower league team, so then the, the actual teams who play each other in this round can knock each other out, and then there's more high-quality teams in the next round. So they could have an eye on that in terms of, well, they can treat Wrexham, well, if we beat these, we could get a Chelsea, we could get a United, or we could get a Liverpool. Now, ultimately, I don't believe, you know, Dennis there as well, and 
and the Robins is what, what yeah. I've heard within football. He, he, I don't think he would allow that to happen because, as I said, he, he's very um, he's very well thought of within within the higher echelons of the, especially in the championship. Um, but as I said, anything can happen on a day. Um, you know, we, we take Brent, we take Brighton. I know I wasn't there, but the draw, and then we go down there, and then we beat Brentford, and you know, there's always a story somewhere along the line. That's why everybody loves the FA Cup. Um, and especially for the teams, not the big hitters now, because I think they're starting to see the FA Cup as a hindrance rather than an actual, until they get to the semis in the final. Yeah. Whereas all these other teams, like your Coventry's, even your non-league teams or your League Ones, your cha- lower champ, it's a, it's a good occasion and it gets further around in the round and financially for the club as well. And with it, the, high, the higher teams now are sort of diminishing the, the FA Cup in the lower rounds. That's why they end up playing all the fringe players and the kids. Whereas non-leagues are trying to get that first round to get a TV money. Obviously, Wrexham don't need the money. Um, but, yeah, it'll be a good game. I don't think it's, like you said, David and Goliath kind of um, a game, if I'm being honest here. It's, yeah. it's a lot closer than people will think. So, Nate, like you said there, lots of changes. Coventry have the focus on trying to get back to the Premier League. That is their ultimate goal. You know, they have got... I say recent history in the cup. They won it in 1987. That is not recent history by uh, by my standards, anyway. But it's it certainly is a, a day where you know they could get complacent. And Rich, there's always a chance. Do you know what I mean? There's always you've always got a chance. It's cliche, and you know we've said it for a long time with teams coming to Rex. And there's always a chance. You know we've been that favoured team. All the pressure. I don't care how many changes they make. All the pressure will be on Coventry, who are at home, be expected to win. If you're not going, if you're not one of the four and a half thousand, it's on S4C. ESPN Plus are going to show it. Rich, you never know. Look at Blythe. You know, really, no one outside of Blythe's fans gave themselves a cat in hell's chance of getting a result there. And yet, it took a replay, and it, you know, it was really nervy. I think we got away with one massively uh, in that first game. I know they scored late on to equalise, but they were they were well worth that. So it would just be interesting to see us play. Without that expectation, though, Rich, I know some of our fans are, are, are confident and, and, and hopeful, but I just think I haven't seen us play for a long time. You, say, you, you reckon it's two years. I haven't seen us play sort of free of expectation. I was going to say freed from desire then. That's not what it is. That's just the song I was listening to the other day. It's uh, the Will Grigg on Fire song. Um, but, no, I'm, I'm excited, Rich, and I just think you never know. Let's Let's wait and see. And there's a lot of... Wrexham and, uh, as well as Mozza, there's loads of Wrexham and, and Coventry crossover. So there'll be lots for both sets of fans to talk about. I just hope we, I just hope we don't get embarrassed. I don't want to be well, there it, late it? at I think night. I don't want to get embarrassed. Give a good account for yourselves and then it's absolutely fine. Anything else is a bonus. Like we're the same as Coventry in regards to the league is the priority and it has to be a season. So it is a free hit. I mean, imagine Wrexham in the in the fourth round. Now that would be something to look forward to as well, wouldn't it? And the probability of getting a Premier League tie would increase once again. But just make make the most of what it is. It, it's not the tie that lots of people had dreamt of and, and that we all wanted. Maybe not the glamorous tie when it came out, but it's still a huge chance for us to go into a game against top opposition, free hit, no expectation, and show everyone what we're about. You know. Rich, you know what you know what the worst thing would be though, and we had this with the Brighton game, and I, I can't remember it so much with the Stoke game, but it's always a bit of a an annoyance when if Cliches. we go out. No, if we go out, now I was gonna say if we go out, 
Then the draw's made, obviously, as normal. It doesn't stop for Wrexham, unfortunately. And then you see what you... You know, you, did you ever watch Bullseye? I thought right he was going to do it. I thought he was going to do it. You were right to have a go at it. I've got to say it to you, boys. It's painful. Have a look at what you could have won. Come with me. Come on. Back up here. I don't know here's what, what you could have won. Here's what you could have won. You know what I mean? It was here's what you could have won. Newcastle when it was the Brighton game. Would have loved to have played Newcastle. That and we had great. it in recent years as well when we lost to Rochdale. They got Tottenham in the next round. And when we lost to oh, Newport, yeah. Newport, they got Leicester, Leicester and won. And they beat Leicester. Claude Puel's Leicester. So exactly. So yeah. you know, here's what you could have won. Jim, um, Jim on bullseye. And you know they'd win. They'd win something. Or they, they wouldn't win anything, and then they could have won a boat or whatever. So, great show, that as well, by the way. I've been watching a lot of the darts recently. I don't know if you watched the darts final, but absolutely amazing. Um, so, any Bullseye fans, let me know, uh, at Rob Ryan Red, and I will uh, bask in that with you. Um, but, yeah, Rich, it was... It's, I can't it's believe one it took us where... to episode 100 to give Jim Bowen his first episode. I love, uh, I, I love Bullseye Jim Bowen. There you go. More, more Jim Bowen content, please. But... Um, it would be good for the narrative. I know you can't tee things up like this, but for the narrative, it would be very funny, given that FIFA Easter egg we mentioned before that I played, if we did end up getting tiny, tiny Club Liverpool or whatever they said in uh, round four. Let's see. We've got Coventry. Give a good of our, give a good account of ourselves and anything can happen, Rich. <laughs> Well, Nath, the tie against Coventry is part of a jam-packed January schedule. Of course, the trip to face Altrigham in the FA Trophy has been brought forward a day to the Friday night as well. That's because of the Manchester derby the following day. So I get to do the, the glamorous doubleheader. That's great yeah. news for you now. So what, 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 what will be the situation? Will you and... You and Chloe have to go in separate cars. I mean, what's what's going to be the situation there? You're going to have to. It's going to, it's going to effectively be a bubble fixture for me. I think <laughs> Altrincham away in the trophy. I'm going to have to drive myself in. Um, yeah, it's going to be like welcome to hell. It's going to be like going to Galatasaray. Um, so I get to watch that in the in the trophy, which should be a really interesting tie, particularly because, and you know, it wouldn't be a Rob Brown Red podcast without me mentioning the form table. But Altrincham are actually sixth in the National League form table at the moment with 11 points from their last 15. Uh, sort of possible only two points better off Wrexham are than, than Altrincham on, on recent form so that could be a really tricky tie the you know, Phil it, Parkinson derby mate well there's only one Phil Parkinson as I'm sure we will find out once again but yeah I'm glad I get to go because I'll be at the derby the following day which you know will probably be the polar opposite of the type of football I'll be watching on, on the Friday night but yeah I can't wait I think a few of the Manchester Reds will be at that one as well we're going to Coventry together as well and in the Guy Walker fun bus. So I, I can't wait for that. That should be a, a real treat this weekend. But yeah, it's it's a packed schedule up ahead, Nathan. I suppose this is the month where we are really going to flex that that squad depth that we keep on banging on about because the games come thick and fast. Uh, you know, do we, do we end up still in three competitions come the end of the month? Do we end up in one competition, just the league? It's... It, it's 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 one of them months where I think a lot a lot will happen in terms of obviously there's a lot of games, but well, in terms of the, games. the shape in terms of the shape of the season, maybe you can run through the games, the dates, and 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 all that, Rich, because it's going to be a lot of travel for a lot of people and a lot of competitions to juggle. So I think for any kind of international fans, newer fans that are getting to grips with ties and league, and just just run through it, Rich, for us because it's it's a lot to take in. Well. 
so it starts off with Coventry this weekend away in the FA Cup. And then we're at home to Bromley in the National League on the 10th. That's next Tuesday. Then on Friday night, we're away at Altrincham in the FA Trophy. And then it's four National League games in a row. We play Chesterfield at home on 17th, which is a Tuesday night. We then play Maidstone away on the 21st. Gateshead away on the 24th. That's a Tuesday night. And then Woking at home on the 28th. The one... Um, thing you do need to consider is that if we were to draw with Coventry this weekend there would be a replay to be squeezed in somewhere and presumably that would mean that either the game against Chesterfield or the game against Gateshead would then have to be pushed back again because it has to be done by a certain time for the fourth round well, to begin. I was so. going to say, I was going to say, is that Bromley game? Well, like, is it because obviously the FA Trophy has a five-day window where you have to complete the um, you have to complete the the postponement, which is why, which is why, when we played Scunthorpe, it was it was in 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 the spot of the Bromley game. So, God, are we ever going to play Bromley at home? I don't know. Maybe that one will still go ahead. It's. I just think it's really interesting. Rich play Coventry this weekend, a late kickoff. Then three days later, you're playing Bromley. Another three days later, you're playing Altrincham. Four days later, you're playing Chesterfield. You know, another four days later, you're playing Maidstone. Three days later, you're playing Gateshead. Four days later, you're playing Woking. It's a lot of football. I know we've got a lot of players, but it's going to be very important that we manage the minutes of of players that are playing a lot of games. You know, this well, weekend. Should we, should we tear I apart would... our schedule and bring Andy Cannon into this? Sure, go for it. So Andy Cannon, Phil Parkinson said that he will be involved to some degree at Coventry, and he will most likely start the trophy game against Altrincham a week on Friday. He's one of them, isn't he, Nate? We've not even seen him sort of introduced properly to the team yet so we talk about our recent run of form and I know I was being a bit negative earlier on but it is remarkable that we've done so without Jordan Davis who's injured without Mendy for large parts of it who's been injured some fans would say without Rob Langton who's still not back in and then Andy Cannon who has almost gone under the radar since being signed because we saw him for a bit against Scunthorpe but then he vanished again so once he's up and firing we've got another for this level elite midfielder to come in and We've got a bag of riches on the bench that's that's untapped at the moment. Yeah, I mean he's he's a certain starter for that Altrincham Trophy game, and it'd be good if he can get half an hour away at Coventry. I think he'll be one of them players that should thrive. You know that is really his level, isn't it? That's what he's just been playing. At. He's just come down from playing. I I wonder if he played for Hull against Coventry. I don't know if they've already matched up this season or not. It'd be interesting to know if he has. Uh, and if he could have fed anything back to the group. But, you know, that is the level he's just come from. So it should be a kind of opposition standard of football that he's used to. And I think getting him back integrated there would be really good. I mean, Parkinson said it himself. He's He's been on a, 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 essentially a boot camp, you know, a mini pre-season to kind of get himself up to speed. And it is always hard. You know, the treadmill's already already going and you're trying to walk on it. It's, it's not possible. You need to go in and hit the ground running, as they say. Got to, we've got to use the full squad, haven't we, Rich, now? I think we've got to, you know, for Coventry, do, do you go full strength? Do you have one eye on that Bromley game a couple of days later? And, and maybe, I, I think it's hard-pressed to tell anyone that they can't play in the third round of the FA Cup, whether it's glamorous or not. I think I think he'll go for it this weekend and, and you know, the fallout from that will be, will be what it will be. Exactly. And, you know, whatever will be, will be. We're going to Coventry. I think that you've got to give your, your sort of strongest 11 a run out for, for the hour at least. And then if the game's not there to be won, 
then that's when you take Mullen Palmer off. Of course, FA Cup, we get a bigger bench as well this weekend. So there's a bit more sort of responsibility. Oh, actually, in terms of FA Cup, it might even be a, a huge bench. I'm trying to think. Because typically it used to be seven subs, didn't it? I was going to say, is it seven? But I think you can make five subs. I'm pretty sure when I watch United in the FA Cup, it's been maybe even increased about 10 subs or so. The sort of availability on the day, I I can't quite remember. And I'm not sure what's been for previous rounds. I'm guessing it's seven. But a a really interesting one. And yeah, it's going to be fascinating to see how we do approach that game. Because I'm of the mindset of you, Naif, that you play your best 11. Give them the the reward for getting, getting this far anyway. And then... And then, You've got to, and then the trophy. But the trophy, Rich, you're, you're like you said, you're going to be going. It's still, you know, there's a couple of games in between. We don't know any injuries or anything. But what team, if that was being played tomorrow, what team would you be playing in that? God, you've thrown me under the bus, here, haven't you? Well, um, I mean, I, I tell you what, I'll give you. My, I tell you what, if, if to, not to throw you under the bus, I'll pull you back out from under this Rob Ryan Red 100th episode bus, and I will give you the team that I think should play that game at away at Altrincham. And I'm going to completely I agree with you. Right, but I would say that people. If we beat the thing to consider, which if we beat Altrincham, a league game will be postponed as a result of that for the next round of the FA Trophy. All right, so this was the free weekend where it didn't have any bearing. So getting through against Scunthorpe had no bearing. No game was postponed. It was just slotted in anyway. And I I know that there are some fans that desperately want out of the trophy. My opinion is, if the FA Cup comes to an end, our journey in the FA Cup, we should have a squad that should, being the key word, be able to compete on both fronts. You know, York did it. Has anyone else gone and done the double teams have, have, have gone deep in the competition and still managed to maintain it in the league? So for me, I would play Rob Lainton again. I think he's, you know, in need of minutes and deserves to play. I would play Liam McAlinden at left wing back. I would play Harry Lennon, Ryan Austin, who I think was unlucky to miss out in the first game. I would play Max Kluwerth. I would play Riesel Johnson again. I would play midfield. I would play Andy Cannon. Um... Maybe James the centre. Yeah, I'd play James Jones. I'd play Kai Evans if I had the choice. And I would play Dolby and Bickerstaff up front. I don't think you need to go any stronger than that. And I don't think you need to go any weaker than that because all those players I just mentioned there arguably need game time because they may be called upon. They're kind of all the next men up. So I think they all need to be sharp and ready. Can't just be relying on behind closed doors, knockabouts. Do you know what I mean? I don't know whether you think I've missed anyone off there that that you think should be playing or... Because, you know, in the last round, they played Tonicliffe, but I wouldn't play Tonicliffe away at Altrincham. No, I think there's always going to be the mitigation of someone who might be, you know, have a knock, might be um, getting close to match fitness again. I mean, who knows? If Mendy's injury is not serious, he might need that to to get up and going again. You never know, no other injured players, how their rehab's going to come. Incidentally, Phil Parkinson said this week that Jordan Davis and Bryce Hazan are both back on the grass, but it'll be some time before they are integrated into sort of full team training sessions again. So still a way off on, in, in terms of them sort of being back and involved in, in match day squads, but, but getting closer. I think initially we said Jordan Davis would be out till sort of mid-Feb. Um, that was the initial prognosis. So we, we shall wait and see um, on that one. But like you said, Nate, I agree. We've got enough to, to go on both fronts. And again, the Cups, if you lose, you lose. It's not the end of the world. Um, I think winning breeds success. You want to try win every game. That is the the nature of a footballer and I'd be worried if if we ever went into a game not looking to win but you know it's a free hit again on both fronts in the in the it is. season and I think it is but I think there's a lot of players there that need to take that opportunity you know Sam Dolby is coming in for 
a, a level of criticism that is it is it unfair? Probably, given the you know it's a hard job, Rich, to be that kind of next man up behind Mullen and Palmer. You're you're almost certain you're never going to start, no matter how well you play. Bickerstaff obviously scores against Scunthorpe. Dolby struggled. You know, it'd be big for him to get to get a good performance under his belt at Altrincham. Andy Cannon needs to get 90 minutes under his belt. It would be great if he could do that at Altrincham. James Jones, he's definitely a next man up in midfield. Need to keep him fresh. And again, I think Riesel Johnson is is knocking on the door of Anthony Ford. It will still be Ford that will be the first choice. But Riesel Johnson has been a brilliant player for us in, in recent years, particularly going forward. And, you know, he showed that with his goals. So there's a lot in there. Like you say, Mendy, Layton. I mean, that squad really has been our kind of our side really in 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 recent seasons in the league you know we've had kind of worse you know worse 11s out in league fixtures in recent years so it says a lot about where we're at in terms of our depth now play to win you know and i think how much the owners would love it if you could obviously we want to every caveat is that the league is priority and everybody wants that nobody's disputing that at all but could you imagine Season two of the documentary, if they get back to Wembley and and they get their revenge. The weird thing this year, Rich, is the FA Trophy is after the playoff final. So the FA Trophy final is the 21st of March, I think it is. And the playoff final is the 13th of March. So, uh, not March. Um, May. May even. May, not March. That'd be far too soon. May. So, who knows? We could have, I don't know. We don't want many trips to Wembley in May, do we? We don't want any, really, ideally. Well, We'll get one, but the trophy I would play to win, and uh, a lot of those players I, I named there really need to take their opportunity. Or who knows, they may be they may be farmed out on loan if the trophy is no longer no longer on the schedule. Speaking of transfers, then Nate, it seems like a good way to sort of segue into the transfer section. There's been numerous rumours on social media this week, some really fanciful ones. We are being linked with ever. This is how you know Wrexham have made it as a club, and we've got money because we are it's being linked silly. with new new names every day. Some it's of them silly. are quite frankly hilarious. Some of them are positions we just do not need reinforcement in. Some of them are just old former players that we we used to be interested in. That you know, you can try and link them with once again. But yeah, it's a really crazy time, a really weird month, and you need to try sieve through some of the rumors. Always take them with a pinch of salt don't get too carried away don't read much into them and, and be careful when you when you're sharing them as well sometimes because if the twitter account that is spreading these rumors only has 14 followers then that basically tells you i think you need to know but naif you've been uh, digging behind the scenes and you've got a few little snippets of information that rex and fans will be interested to hear yeah i mean firstly i would say try not as best you can i know look if I've learned anything, Rich, covering football, and you're the same, nothing generates more interest than transfers. People love what might be, you know, people, I think, love the pursuit of a transfer more than the actual deal itself. So they're kind of deflated a little bit when the deal's done because then it's the pursuit and the chase of a player that you're never even interested in seems to hook people. And... All I would say is don't don't even give these accounts life. That they're they're, at, they're spreading absolute rubbish. I was seeing today, so many people saying, you know, Moisa from MK Dons is it's nearly done. It's nearly signed. It's not nearly done or nearly signed. I, I can tell you that, you know, speaking to people in his camp, it, they I mean they laughed when I even bothered to put it to them. They said it's um, not even on the radar. 
he's not interested in leaving MK Dons at all. Um, he has no interest in, in dropping down to the fifth division. Look, myself and Rich on, on at Rob and Red, we, we don't tend to share that much stuff unless we know it to, to have any kind of weight at all. Um, and Issa, you know, you'd, you'd notice we didn't say anything on that because we were told it's absolute rubbish and uh, there's nothing in that at all. So if you were very excited for him, who knows? You never know in the window. Maybe maybe huge money will come in and, and, his, and kind of MK Dons and his mind will be changed. But as things stand right now, there's been no contact there, no bid or anything silly like that, no personal terms, no, nothing. So don't don't worry about that one. That one's been done. Um, I've, I've just been on the phone, Rich, kind of asking asking these agents, which we know are not, not the friendliest bunch in the world, not the most... Uh, not the most rapid in terms of texting me back. You text me back a lot quicker than these agents, which is probably no surprise. <laughs> but um, the one name I think to look out for, may or may not happen, is Ryan Broom. You know, plays kind of at right wing back, right side. Do we need another wide player like that? Maybe he can play a bit further forward as well. That's one I'm I'm, I'm kind of digging around in, just having a poke around, seeing if there's anything in that. It's not a name we've seen come up. Um, and when I did put it to an agency... Um, there was no kind of immediate shutdown of it. So that doesn't necessarily mean it is true. It isn't true, but it's it's silly season rich. And all I wanted to do on this podcast was say that Mo Issa stopped tweeting people saying it's it's almost done. Uh, because it, it, I don't know whether it started off on Facebook or what, because I saw Brad Walker was one minute coming back to Wrexham. Rich, we do not need another midfielder. And I also think he's off to Hartlepool. So well, that brings us on to it, the next sort of... Chill out. Everyone needs to, to, to chill out, I think. I, I mentioned with Mozza before in his chat. Where do you actually think we need to strengthen, if anywhere? I mean, Attack. Yeah, and we said that last week, didn't we? But what, yeah. what model of striker do you want? Do you want someone who comes in and gets goals, or do you want someone who is a live wire and more in the winger mould? I, I would take a striker that can run in behind, because if you lose Mullin or Palmer, I think you are very short and that's trying not to be too disrespectful to Sam Dolby or Jake Bickerstaff but you know a role is a role and um, I was speaking to a former striker uh, that we had recently and he was saying about how he knew he had a basically a bit part role uh, during his time at the club and and never really believed that the manager was going to put faith in him it is hard because it's an area you're trying to recruit where you're trying to sell a dream to a player knowing that they're going to be on the bench behind Mullen and Palmer you know, you're unlikely to go out and get somebody that's going to surpass those two unless they're on huge money and neither of Palmer or Mullen would be content sitting on the bench. So it is a tricky spot to go and recruit for. I would love, I've said it before, I've said it last season as well, I'd love Andy Dallas um, from Solihull. Even beating them twice, I haven't changed my mind. He'd still be one. The other one I'd love, I think, Nicky Cabamba at Barney. They're having a good season, good player, good age profile potential resale value, that is the type of player that if you could convince him to move, you know, sell him the dream that you'd be the third man. Look, I, I, I'm I'm of the position that I think, Rich, if Wrexham were to go out the trophy, Jake Bickerstaff potentially would be on the move out on loan. And Parky's intimated as much in his comments this week saying that certain players that they're looking at loan deals for, I'd imagine they're looking for probably Kai Evans, Ryan Austin, people like that. But I wouldn't be surprised... If Bickerstaff, if we go out of the trophy and and it's just the league we're focusing on, basically, it wouldn't surprise me then if Bickerstaff was moved on. And I've heard whispers of Hyde 
former Brighton, uh, former former Bolton um, coach in charge there now. I think he's Nicky Spoonie or something like that. Who knows Parkinson well, so that could be a potential favour there. Um, it's tricky, Richard's really tricky because I want that quick in behind. Because you're saying about a winger, but where do they play? Our system won't change, and I don't know if well, you sacrifice more to bring too much them defensively. On. Yeah, maybe. More, yeah, for, maybe. For, it's a winger to come on as a wing back. So if you're chasing a game and need some creativity, you just sacrifice McFadden or Ford and put a winger on instead. No sort of defensive duties. You have yeah, more than Palmer in the middle yeah. and a winger out wide. But it's I just agree who with that you as is. Well. You know what I mean? It's just who that is, though. In well, terms of everyone knows Ryan, Ryan Colclough, yeah. who Oldham have bid for. So yeah, there you go. Well, well who knows? It, one to watch, who but. knows? I think. I guess the other you, point as well, Nate, is. It might be January transfer window, and we live in a sort of a Premier League world, but we can still buy players up until March, I believe. So it's not as if we have to act now in this month. Uh, you know, there might be a sense of desperation, but from my own personal point of view, I'd rather Wrexham be proactive rather than reactive in terms of potentially getting a new striker. You'd hate for Mullen or Palmer to get an injury. And then we have to go get a striker. There's even more expectation on them to come in, hit the ground running, start games straight away. I'd rather we have someone in this month who can just become part of the group, gel, get some minutes under his belt. And then, you know, God forbid an injury ha- did happen, but you'd have someone in place then who can come in and, and offset the goals. Obviously, you, you're not going to get another Mullen or a Palmer because you just can't keep three elite strikers at this level that happy. But I agree with you. You can definitely get someone at another club who would be happy to to give it a go. And, you know, we can also, what, what Wrexham have, and I know that it's something that gets used against us, we've got the money and we've got the... The, the possibility of offering someone security and all the players we've spoken to, Nave, having security and guaranteed wage for the next two, three seasons is, is massive. So I think that we really could, maybe not the, maybe not the word unsettle, but get someone from it, from someone else in the league. I'm not saying go out by Shamanga. I'm not saying maybe go we, by Maybe Langstaff. we do a Fleetwood. Maybe we do a Fleetwood yeah, and, exactly. and try, try, you know, try and unsettle like Lee Fowler, you know, when they got Lee Fowler. Exactly. So that, from my point of view, I see there's, there's no harm in, in, in at least um, proposing also, I've that. Also, I've also I've also got um, I also I need to uh, go back on a point I made moments ago because I in my head I had Nicky Cabambras the right age profile. He's 29 years old, so maybe I'm talking absolute rubbish saying about resale value. But what I would say is we're in the here and now, Rich. You just need someone to come in and do a job between now and the end of the season and play their part. You know, ultimately. Who wouldn't want to be part of taking Wrexham up? I can, I can see what I can see the difficulty of pitching a third man kind of role, next man off the bench role. That is tricky when you've only got five subs, and you know, what would that mean for Dolby as well? But we have to really capitalize on on the moment we're in right now. In terms of we're in a very good league position, we need to go up, and going up will mean more, you know, more spots in the squad in terms of bigger bench and all that sort of thing. So. Can't be worried too much about hurting some people's feelings. We've really just got to go for it. And I think yeah. you don't want to be in a situation where you're caught, you're basically caught with your striker pants down and you've got no one to really turn to. Are you wearing your striker a, pants at the uh, No, no, I haven't got my current... I currently don't have my striker pants on, though. But, I mean, I wouldn't want to be caught with them down either, which is what I'm certainly saying. Not. So. Certainly not. Certainly wouldn't want to go commando either. But I like <laughs> no, as Absolutely well. not. We're, we've got to be ruthless. This is such a good chance for us to go up and we need to take it with both hands and and make sure that we do finish the season promoted and back in League Two.
Nath, before we finish then, Fan Advisory Board debrief. Um, lots to get from that. Um, some interesting topics, particularly one that we've discussed on a past podcast before, that as part of the stadium redevelopment, there could be the opportunity for the racecourse ground to, to sell its naming rights. You and I and most fans would still know it as the racecourse, just like when St. James's Park was owned by Sports Direct. No one gave Mike Ashley the the advertising he wanted, but it's an it's an extra revenue stream. I know some people are very passionate against the race course, never sort of selling out and, and being a commercial money-making machine and spin-off from just having the name. But from my personal point of view, if it brings money into the club, I'm not too bothered because I'd still call it the race course. Yeah, I mean, we you know we we brought up this exact issue um, a few weeks ago, and it's definitely you know it's one of them things where everybody will have an opinion on it. Do you want it? Do you not? Are you selling your soul? Are you not? We got lots of comments on it, but what I'm going to do, I'm just going to read the minutes. If anyone hasn't gone through the minutes, you can. We can if you want to read them. Um, you can find them on the club's website. They put an article out with a link to the minutes. Uh, in the subsection of the stadium naming rights, it says the club introduced the topic discussion of stadium naming rights, making it clear that no sponsor was currently lined up. So we knew that already. Uh, and the discussion was to assess what the reaction would be from fans. Now, what I would already say, Rich, is if it's even making it to a discussion point, it's it's something that's on the table in terms of there might not be an offer right now from a business, but it's clearly something that is in in the thinking that, you know, this is being redeveloped, this is a good income stream. It's a no-brainer in terms of the income stream. It goes on to say, after a lengthy debate between the people on the fan advisory board and, you know, people like Sean Harvey, Fleur Robinson, people like that sit on the board as well. After a lengthy debate, the unanimous view, that's a key word there, the unanimous view was that the fan base wasn't likely to object to stadium naming rights as long as it was a reputable company and that the race course or Kairas remained in the name. So... What you just said, if if it if it becomes the Amazon Racecourse or the Dunkin' Donuts Kairas or whatever it may be, the Tim Horton, you know, I don't know, loads of different companies and 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 as long as it's a reputable but what, that company, that means different things to different people. To some people, TikTok isn't reputable. To a lot of yeah, people, it I is. guess you start playing top trumps. Yeah, then, so don't you? you know, if it's if it's not something totally egregious and and it's you know, makes sense. Rich, I I don't want to kind of plug them too much, but we are giving away one of their gift cards. And like Rich said, do enter the competition to, to win that, as he said at the start of the show, and we'll repeat that at the end. If it did become the Amazon race course, we're all going to call it the race course. And it might bring in a million quid or, or whatever the, those kind of deals would bring in. Surely it's a no-brainer, and it, and it would make the club a lot more sustainable. Exactly. I think from my point of view, I agree with that. But again, I appreciate if you if you disagree with that. And if you do disagree or want your own sort of comments on the matter to be heard, then get in contact with us, robbryanred at gmail.com. Or you can use the contact page on our website, uh, com. And again, another plug for that £100 Amazon voucher that we're giving away today as part of our centenary, the 100th episode of Rob Ryan Red, and like we said, to get involved, all you have to do is take a look at the Spotify playlist that is in today's podcast description. Let us know which song on that playlist is your favourite as a Wrexham match day anthem. Email us or contact us with your answer and a reason why you'll be entered into the draw. There will also be a tweet where you can uh, uh, listen to the Wrexham way, a new song by 
Wrexham-based band Hypnotic. If you listen to that, like it on Spotify, you will also be entered into the draw as well. I mean, well. Rich, there, there was a lot more as well. Stadium Naming Rights was the one that jumped out and the one I tweeted out, but there was lots of other things brought up, especially in terms of the the service. You know, that's been a big thing in terms of the food and drink. They're, they're reviewing that, and there's another meeting in February. Hopefully we get some answers into terms of can they change that procedure? But one of the ones that really stuck out to me was, I think we've mentioned it before on a podcast, surely we have the the idea of maybe a ticket exchange and a way loyalty scheme, that both of those are, are ideas that part of the fan base are really keen on and others maybe not. So um, it said about the loyalty scheme, so in terms of the idea being that as teams do higher up, and I'm sure you see this at Man United and others, if you go away, you generate points, and the more away points you have, that's right, isn't it? The more away points you have, you... You, you, yeah. you're able to get the tickets yes get credit so, the, so but yeah. what we do now is with Wrexham is they reward season ticket holders we've got a lot of season ticket holders and they get first dibs the argument is that a lot of people who don't have season tickets maybe go away it's a whole thing but I'm going to do I'm going to read you part of the um the match day experience section of the of the minute so it says a loyalty scheme was discussed for supporters who regularly attended away matches but then missed out when matched were when matches were popular or allocations were small you know, we saw with Solihull that that was a free-for-all and there was no kind of loyalty scheme, season ticket holders, that nobody was rewarded for that. That was just a, um, a free-for-all. The club said this can, be consi- uh, this can be considered a loyalty scheme, which is good news, but will not effectively work if clubs sell their own tickets directly to our fans, which you know is their right to do. And I, I understand from the club's perspective that is tricky. The club said for away games where tickets by the club um, that they believe the priority approach is already in place with rewarding of season ticket holders. Um, so it sounds like an away loyalty scheme is not um, high up the agenda. And as for the ticket exchange, so for example, say Rich has a season ticket, he can't go because he's working. And you see it in a lot of American sports, they're able to do a verified resale through the team or through Ticketmaster or whatever. Right now, a lot of people are just offering it up on Facebook or social media and it's just a lot more hassle and, and awkward to, to kind of make sure that seat is filled and you know you want Wrexham to have a full house. And yeah. you always worry yeah, I think as well if it's the first time you're doing it there's always going to be a bit of scepticism totally. about is this a legit ticket am I going to be allowed into the ground are you getting scammed we've seen lots of people on social media um, particularly on Facebook um, these sort of bots saying, "Yeah, I've got five thousand tickets for the cop today." Don't yeah, know if you want I've them, got four hundred tickets in the heady to booby end. You know what I mean? Or the uh, the Andy Morrell cop, the Jerry yeah, McDonough the, stand, yeah, the, the Marcus Kelly cold road or whatever. Um, but uh, so you know that is something that I I think I don't know about you, Rich. I, I definitely think should be looked at, especially if you go up the leagues. This was the club's response to that when it was raised at the meeting. They said. Um, it was felt that tickets are still available for general sale for games and the timing wasn't right, but they should be kept under review and will be considered alongside proposed membership packages at the February meeting. Ticket pricing will also be looked at at the February meeting. In my honest opinion, how many games are regularly making it to general sale and a sufficient t- number of tickets being made to general sale? For me, that doesn't really, that I don't really buy that. Um, and I know this was a meeting in October, Right now, you know, lots of games are not making it. We're not having hundreds and thousands of tickets to to general sales. So for me, a ticket exchange, surely the technology is there to do it. It's a no-brainer. But anyway, that is something that's being reviewed. Any other business on here that caught my eye? Uh, the club is continuing to use both Collier's Park and Lex 
uh, for training facilities. They're also going to look into away travel. You know, Rich, for example, that Chesterfield game was raised as one where the fans got there late, basically. And you know, you, I had your tickets. So you, were, you were sweating a little bit, uh, waiting for me to bring you your tickets. So stuff like that. Punished for being punished, punctual. You were punished I? for being punctual. So there you go. Um, there's loads on there. Go and have a look yourself. Uh, talking about the cop, and you know we're starting to see work being done behind the cop to try and smooth that surface out and and begin the demolition. And Rich as well. New floodlights by the end of the season. It's all change at Wrexham. And to think we've got all it changed. We've got all... 100 episodes, but even more is changing. All is changing, but we will be there all the way um, again. Thank you so much for joining us today on a very special and bumper edition of Rob Brown Red. Nath, I'm sure you'll echo the thoughts. It's just a privilege and an honour that so many people still tune in every week. Yeah, thanks. Honestly, thanks so much. And uh, I, I know I laugh and joke about the people sending me messages about fire alarms. And, but honestly, over the course of 100 episodes, Rich, we've had so many messages about tiny little things that we say and maybe forget about and... You know, people taking their dog for a walk, and uh, yeah, it's been one of the best things I think we've we've done really. Um, it, it's it's been absolutely brilliant. I've enjoyed doing it, and and long may it continue. We're not stopping yet. I'm not a hundred out rich, so um, who knows? By the time we get to two hundred, where will Wrexham be then? What 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 will the stadium be like? Will we have a ticket exchange? Will we have access to any players? Will we have spoken to Rob or Ryan by then? Who knows? I don't know. A lot could happen. A lot Will could myself happen. and Naif still be friends? Oh, Who that, knows? There oh, could be a huge falling out God, on air. There, there you could go. Be... Could you imagine we have a big blazing row on the air? I'll have to edit it in post. That'd be good, that would be good. That would be good. Maybe you know. It'd be funny if we had a massive row on air because we'd still edit it and then. Here you go. It. I'm gonna I'm gonna make you a little proposal, Rich. So 2023. Let's see this season if we can get a live show in. I don't know if anyone listening. If you would come, let us know. Because maybe we could do a hundred people or something in, uh, in. Maybe we could find a way to do a live show. But in 2023, live show. With let's some guests. see. Let's that see if we can get a couple of guests. You can come. You can promotion come down, party, meet maybe? us, have a beer with us. A promotion party that would be good, wouldn't it? So, yeah. Just thanks for downloading. Spread the word and and give us lovely reviews and praise the fact my fire alarm is now fixed. Be nice and spread the cheer and don't uh, retweet followers uh, don't retweet accounts transfer accounts with 14 followers that's all i've got to say for 100 episodes thanks so much and rich sign us out because you've done it every every episode that you've done uh and let's not break tradition now for episode 100 yeah thank you so much once again for joining wherever you are in the world as myself and nave say every week you can get us on all the socials rob ryan red email us rob ryan red at gmail.com We've also got our own website, robbrownred.com. Take care. Enjoy your week. Come on, Wrexham. We'll see you again next time. It's the 90th minute. All your mates are around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mate's already got butt for double dipping and you steal a last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order muck delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. 
Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.